This episode of Pocketful of Positivity is sponsored by The Corner Blend, located at the corner of Maine and Blossom Streets in Columbia. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Pocketful of Positivity. I'm Prayer, your host, and today we have a very special guest in the studio. I'm with Miles. Miles, say hi. How you doing? <laughs> Miles, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Miles Keener. I'm a senior here. I'm a public health major, chemistry minor, and I'm currently a pre-med student. Okay, very cool. So where are you from, Miles? I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. So what made you want to come here from all the way up north? Uh, I'd say the weather, um, and then a bunch of my friends came down here and just told me good things about the school, mm-hmm. and I looked here and I loved it, so here we are. Mm-hmm. And so you're pretty involved on campus, right? So talk about some of the stuff that you do. Um, so I'm involved with student government. I've been a part of the student senate. Now I'm part of the cabinet um, with the health and wellness committee. Um, I do research here with uh, the Department of Chemistry, and then I am currently the president of the Carolina Clemson Blood Drive. So talk a little bit about what you research on campus and like if you do it elsewhere as well. Yeah, so I currently do research here on campus um, with Dr. Natalia Shostova, the Department of Chemistry, and then I do it back home at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. And here we work with these things called metal organic frameworks, and they're essentially this scaffold and we're designing organic molecules to serve as linkers. Um, we're pretty much just synthesizing these cool polygonic, polygonic structures um, mm-hmm. at like the nano level. Um, and then back home, I work in the Department of Pediatric Neurosurgery, and I'm currently working on a project where I'm developing a virus um, that will be used as a genetic therapy project in treating congenital hydrocephalus in children. <laughs> sounds so cool though like because I don't know anything about stuff like that yeah it's pretty cool I mean I think like the translational aspect of it is awesome where you get to work at the bench and create something that will in the future be applied to treating patients Mm. Um, so I like that aspect of it and then I think the just the learning aspect is probably what I enjoy the most Mm. Um, just being able to learn something super complex that I would never thought I would learn um, and be able to like make big difference and understand it I guess right and so you're like really full sending it with like the children's hospital stuff because you literally have a sweatshirt on right now that says Cincinnati Children's so what do kids mean to you and like why did you want to get affiliated with them in the first place I've just always loved uh, hanging out with kids and like coaching I've grown up coaching Mm -hmm. I I was a referee in soccer Um, I babysit all the time and I think that's where I really noticed that I just bond really well with kids and I think um I think that combined with like my passion to teach and like my love to learn is what I really want to like make that impact in kids and I know as a child I grew up fearing the doctor more than anything mm-hmm. I, I suffered from white coat syndrome terribly I hated going to the doctor I hated everything about it and it was always the the doctors that were the comforting ones that made me feel like safe I guess mm-hmm. and so I kind of I want to be that doctor that will reduce his kids' anxiety as they come to the doctor because especially at the hospital, we always fear the doctors and we always fear bad news. And if I can be the one to say it's going to be okay and that I'll do everything I can to make sure that they're not only getting their illness or disease treated, but that their anxiety is reduced and that they feel safe and comfortable, that's probably what I want. why I want to be a doctor so much. Right. So how did you decide that you wanted to be a physician in the first place if you grew up being a little bit scared of going? Well, so I, I was originally a pre-pharmacy student here, and once I was shadowing in the emergency department at 
uh, the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, and I was, I was following around a pharmacist, and I noticed by at the end of the day that I really spent most of my time focused on uh, paying attention to the doctors and the flurry of activity going on. I mean, someone was being intubated in the bay next to me, someone was getting treated for a gunshot wound, and it was just like this attraction I had towards what they were doing, and I wanted to be... I loved that action and that excitement with that came with it and I just knew that like it wasn't necessarily pharmacy what I wanted to do and I think mm -hmm. it was I knew I wanted to do healthcare and I think after that experience I really started thinking about medicine and everything about it and ever since then I've just been super passionate about everything about it. Mm. Was it hard transitioning your whole class schedule and stuff like that when you decided that you wanted to do this as opposed to pharmacy? No it was super easy just because all the classes are pretty similar your freshman year. Mm -hmm. um, there's maybe like one or two extra classes, but so far has not been too bad of an adjustment, mm -hmm. um, if at all. Nothing? No? I don't think What's any. your favorite class that you've taken at school so far? Or what have you learned the most in, do you think? I think my favorite class is this, I'm taking a metabolic biochemistry of human diseases right now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, biochemistry and all the biology classes I used to hate. I used to, I think that I used to always just picture them as like, just classes where you had to memorize biochemical pathways and enzymes and names that were super long and complex and mm -hmm. it was always like a means to an end and with this class it's that um we're, it's almost how like we're reteaching ourselves biochemistry but through it we're not only learning it better and understanding why each pathway happens and like why each step happens but we're actually taking that and applying it to human diseases and saying like oh this enzymatic pathway is disrupted in this individual like what are going to be the symptoms what's going to happen and it makes like the actual learning experience a lot more enjoyable because you see it being applied and I think it's going to be a class that's going to set me up as long as all my as well as all my other classmates from med school very well. Mm. Sir are you excited about med school? Are you nervous? What are your thoughts there? I'm really excited. Um, I just I love to learn. I'm definitely a little burnt out right now with school mm. so I'm kind of deciding if I'm going to take a gap year or not but yeah I'm definitely ready for med school. Um, if I don't go right into med school I'll, that's just going to be a strict year of research where I'll just enhance like my techniques in the lab so mm -hmm. I can be better prepared for research as a future physician. Right so are you planning on going back to Ohio and doing research there? Yes yeah, so my plan is if I had an overall goal right now it'd be to go back and work in the lab I'd work with now with Dr. Francesco Mangano and hopefully finish this project and publish a paper become a first author and then present this project at multiple conferences um, throughout the country and maybe even the world there's a there's a conference in Japan in like two years that I just found out about so that's kind of my goal is you want to go there to present something and publish something to be able to present there do you like Japanese food well it's so like my boss is some right too is Dr. Francesco Mangano and then Dr. Jun Gatto and she was from Japan and mm. I think like the daily interaction with her like really got me interested in like going to Asia and Japan especially so I'd, I'd be super stoked to go there yeah that sounds like a lot of fun yeah. so would you just present the research that you would be working on there yeah so you can either you submit an abstract so I'd pretty much take my whole project and condense it into like a one-page summary and then they will the board there will like decide whether it's good enough to be accepted mm -hmm. in which that case I would probably just present a poster like I have the past two summers mm -hmm. um, but if they really like it then I'll get like time at the podium so it's usually like a 10 minute speech in front of like the whole everyone there and you go up in front of like have a PowerPoint presented and you pretty much present in front of everyone there so that that'd be my goal is to be able to do that just so 
good learning experience and mm. a lot of connections made. Are you a good public speaker? Uh, I definitely say like social anxiety is something I have, and okay. I don't necessarily like to public like speak in public. But mm-hmm. I think through these opportunities, you get better at it. Mm-hmm. And I think in any profession you have, you're gonna have to one way or another learn how to pu- speak in public and get good at it. And the only way to do that, I think, is just to get over your fear and just do it as many times as you can. Mm-hmm. Does getting up there make you nervous at all still? Um, yeah, I definitely get nervous, but it's, it's definitely decreased, which is awesome. I was just thinking about that today before this podcast. Like, I think like if I were to do this two years ago, I'd be super nervous and I wasn't really nervous coming into the today. Cause I just think I've been able to like do it so many times that it's becoming like second nature. Obviously I'm not like super comfortable yet, but <laughs> You're doing I, great. I think like over time you, you just get more comfortable with it. And yeah. That's what I like about it, I guess. Have you found it hard with your course schedule to balance, like, all your extracurriculars at all? Yeah, that's definitely something that's been super difficult for me. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I mean, I'm into, like, my classes. I got my extracurricular activities and then working out, obviously. And I think when I was studying for the MCAT, I noticed that I wasn't really working out much. And I would always claim that I didn't have time. And I think I could, I could probably count the amount of times that I actually did work out while I was studying in that three-month period. And I think that negatively impacted my performance. So Mm -hmm. this semester, especially, I've been really trying to make the time to work out, even if it's just 20 minutes Um, and all those other things that I say I don't have time for. If you really plan and write everything out and make time for it, it'll get done. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed when I'm able to do that, that my stress is reduced greatly and I feel like just better about myself. Mm -hmm. What does mental health mean to you? Mental health is huge to me. I mean, I totally have been there and suffered from anxiety at times, and especially when you just get crammed with school and all these obligations going on, and you feel like you have nowhere to go. Um, I, so I definitely have felt that, and I understand people feeling it, and I, I wish people would know that they're not alone and that we all are suffering from the same thing. We just got to make these resources that we have at school more open to the to the kids. Mm-hmm. For, like, your hospital life when you were shadowing and doing research and stuff, could you, like, feel the stress of everyone around you, or did people, like, mask it really well in a professional setting? They definitely masked it pretty well. I mean, when you're in the trauma bay and someone's coming in with a gunshot wound, you expect the environment to be super tense, but... Mm-hmm. And then you're in the operating room and you expect no everyone to be silent, but there's usually music playing, people are joking around, and I think to be able to do that and, like, be conversational and mm-hmm. make some lighthearted jokes, I think that creates, like less of a tense environment and mm-hmm. I think ultimately that like helps better performance because when everyone's just tense and stressed about it one like you're not that's your job so you're just living your like doing your job every day um, not very happy and you're kind of taking it very too like way too serious but if you can make it conversational and more fun then I think you enjoy your job and when you enjoy your job you obviously do better at your job and that's what I've noticed too, like the doctors and the researchers because I know that they're going through a lot more stress than I've ever dealt with and mm-hmm. I kind of look up to how they handle that stress and that's what I try to I'm not good at it yet but I'm definitely trying to emulate what they do right do you know what you want to specialize in I have no idea I'd say I'm between emergency medicine and then neurosurgery okay probably so hands-on yeah probably emergency medicine just because I, I value a lifestyle like I said balance and from what I so I'm pretty passionate about the brain and I think the whole science like the whole neuroscience is like a beautiful concept and it's amazing but I've also seen my my doctor like my boss this past summer I've seen his lifestyle 
and I don't know if that's something I would necessarily enjoy. Mm. Um, but again, we'll see. I mean, if I'm going through med school and I absolutely am so for neurosurgery, I'm gonna go for that. But as of right now, from what like I've shadowed all the fields, I think emergency medicine does a great balance of hands-on work, procedures, and um, a good lifestyle. So you work shifts, and then you do your shift and go home, and you don't have to worry about your patient. You send mm-hmm. your pa- you pretty much stabilize the patient, send them to the their specialist, and then you're done with them. Right. So I think it's a little bit less stressful in that fact. Whereas if you're like a surgeon and you specialize, your patient once you leave your job, that patient's still your patient, and you, I think, knowing my personality, I would be constantly worried about their health and well-being. Whereas if you're emergency medicine, they're in someone else's hands and you can kind of not worry about it as much. Right, yeah. Has like time management been like an issue for you in college at all or have you learned to deal with it pretty well? I think time management is something I've been pretty good at ever since um, high school. I mean, I used to swim twice a day. Mm -hmm. Um, My practices were 30 minutes away and so I'd have to wake up at 4.30 in the morning, swim, drive 45 minutes to school and go back for double practice, get home at eight, and be able to get all my work in. And I think with that, that's probably been the busiest I've ever been in my life. And I think ever since that, and just learning how to like adapt to that environment and be able to balance a very rigorous high school with AP classes, with that rigorous swimming and traveling with swimming, I think that I've been able to have a very easy adjustment in college with that. and. Mm-hmm. I've been able to actually teach others like strategies and how to better, I don't know, prepare for like be a better planner, I guess. Yeah. And you go to college with your twin brother. What has that been like for you? It's cool. I mean, <laughs> it, we definitely, we, we grew up spending so much time together mm. all the time and with college with, we're both involved in different things. We both study different things. So we see each other less, mm-hmm. um, which is definitely different, but it's a good opportunity for both of us to kind of explore on our own um like he went he went and studied abroad last year in barcelona and that was a cool opportunity to be able to see like to have him in a different like overseas and kind of experience not only college but like what life is when i'm truly by myself because i felt like growing up i depended on him a lot we both depended on each other and Having him gone was a good learning experience for both of us, I think. Mm -hmm. Do you think college has, like, strengthened your relationship? For sure, yeah. I think it strengthened my relationship with my whole family. Okay. Just because I think when we're all together in home in high school, we just spend so much time together that Mm -hmm. you don't really appreciate the time, and it gets kind of old, and we all complain all the time, and it just gets a little rough. But when you're in college and you don't get to see them that much, you really value that time, and talking to them and hanging out with them and Mm -hmm. I've I've definitely grown my relationship with my parents and my brother a lot who's your go-to person in your family for advice um I'd say usually my mom okay um why is that I don't know I just felt like I've always kind of gone to my mom about stuff my dad just kind of like he's like I trust you Miles like do whatever Um, (laughs) so I talk to my dad more about like what's going on with my life and like sports and just like fun things that are going on. My mom is usually like advice. Um, I don't really talk to Cooper, my twin brother, about advice much. I mean, I will a little bit, but, mm. and then my little sister, Paige, I, I just have a good relationship with her too. Does she give you advice? Does she give you girl advice? No, she definitely doesn't give me girl <laughs> advice. I don't really talk to her about that stuff. <laughs> what do you talk to her about? I don't know, just uh, like 
a lot of stuff, just life in general. She's gone, she goes to the high school I went to. Okay, cool. Which was, like, it's not a school we grew up in, like, the district, so mm. I'm very glad she, like, ex- like, was comfortable enough to, like, get dropped out of, like, her, the school she was, like, raised to go to and went to a different school that I went to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, a very diverse and, like, academically rigorous school, and so I love to talk to her about, like, what's going on there, just, like, how the teachers are, like, what the environment is, like, if it's changed at all. Mm. Um, and then she's super involved with sports, so I'm always asking, and we're always chatting about that. Does she swim as well? No, she, well, she swims in the summer, and she's a crazy athlete. She has so much potential, but she just doesn't really use that potential as she should. Um, she does soccer and basketball, so she's really good at those things, but in the summer, she'll swim for a summer league team, mm. and she just kills it, and I'm like... If you really tried and, like, you did that year-round, like, you could be, like, a state swimmer or, like, even a college swimmer, I feel like. But mm. I think she's more into it for, like, the social reasons. And yeah, she's a little more outgoing than I was in high school, which did, which I look I like that about her, too. Did college change your personality at all, do you think? It definitely got me more outgoing. Um, as I said, in high school, all I did was pretty much swim in school. Yeah. And I didn't have much of a social life. If anything, it was, like, a Saturday afternoon. And even then I'm just exhausted from a week of swimming in school so Mm -hmm. in college when I decided to hang up the towel with swimming I wanted to join a fraternity get more involved um and I think that's got me more social and it's just it's helped me a lot I feel like Mm -hmm. are you more like outspoken and stuff were you shy earlier or not really just busy um I mean I'm definitely busy but I, I would consider myself an introvert okay for sure still for sure yeah um so I'm still not like super outgoing but I think through like all the experiences I've done and everything that I've been through in college I think that I've definitely gotten more comfortable with being outgoing and having more of a social life obviously helps Mm. Um, so yeah is there anything right now that you're trying to work on about yourself um I'd say I'm still working on finding balance like I've obviously done a good job at it I've been working on it a lot but Mm. there's still a lot more improvement um, like I said, with work, finding the time to work out, um, like this week I had an exam and I didn't work out once. And mm. that's something that looking back on, I could have found the time to do it. Mm. Um, and I'm still kind of trying to find like a good way to plan out my weeks. I, I write it down, but I often find myself writing it down and then not going back to it. Right. So I'm still trying to find that way that just works for me well. Mm. Um, so like, yeah, I've gotten better at it, but I'm still, that's like one thing I think would reduce a lot more stress mm. if I could just plan things out better. So when you work out, is like every day like day? Or do you do cardio or what do you do at the gym? I just kind of do whatever. I, I'll usually go with a friend of mine and just kind of go with the flow. Yeah. I, I'll, I really just care about like just using it as like a de-stressing moment and just like jamming out to music. What and kind of music? It depends on the day, but I'd say some like probably alternative rock. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I'm listening to like some Spoon, some Black Keys, um, <laughs> Cage the Elephant. Just like I, I pretty much listen to anything, but some Foo Fighters. We'll see. I don't know. Is that it, your favorite genre of music, alternative rock? I like all types of music, but. Do you have a least favorite? Probably country. Country's my least favorite too. I'm so happy you said that. Yeah. I, I, just, I don't know. I just. I don't know. My oh, dad. My, my dad loves alternative rock, and he was a big influence in my life like as a young age and I've always been going to concerts with him mm-hmm. and I think just like when you go to a concert no matter what the band is you I feel like your interest in that music like increases greatly so 
I think through all the concerts I've been to, I, I've just I've seen so many different artists that I'm just I I love that kind of music. Mm-hmm. What was like one concert that you think you had the most fun at? Um, I've been to so many, but I think my favorite concert was this past summer actually, and it was Spoon, Cage the Elephant, and then Beck. I love Beck. I yeah, love awesome. Beck. And I was really only there for Cage the Elephant. I'd seen Spoon before, but I. I liked Spoon, but I was never, like, super sold on them. But mm. this experience, I don't know what it was, but I just, like, Spoon just jammed out. And <laughs> I remember leaving that concert and saying, like, I need to see this show again. Mm. And it's funny. They actually, so that was in Cincinnati, and they played a month later in Charlotte. Mm. And my brother and I bought tickets, and we went to that, too. So we saw the same show twice within, yeah. like, a month. Who did you go with, like, this summer? Was it just you and your brother? Yeah, which okay. was usually, like, my dad and I, us go, but... I, I couldn't really recruit any friends to go. Why? I, Do they not listen to that? They just don't really listen to that music. And I've seen those bands so many times that, like, I'm going to get, like, a front row seat. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to spend some money on a good seat. And if I'm trying to convince someone to even go to a show like that, like, the chances of me trying to get them to go and, like, pay a good amount of money is just, like, it just wasn't happening. Yeah, at least you have a twin brother. <laughs> and plus, like, I think with music, like, you don't necessarily need to have people to be there with. I think, mm-hmm. like that connection you have with the band is something that's like really cool mm-hmm. and so I don't like even think about going there with people it's kind of like Cooper and I we both I feel like we both think uh, feel the same way it's like you have that like connection mm-hmm. and that experience is just it's a really awesome experience are you gonna go again uh well they're done touring but forever I'll, no that was just like their summer tour but oh, okay. we'll see I mean I'll I know for a fact I'll see all of them again sometime. yeah <laughs> know. Yeah. And so you're also the president of the Blood Drive here. Talk a little bit about that. Like, yeah, so that also is something like with anxiety I like to talk about is because, so I was a capstone scholar my freshman year, or well, I guess I still am, and you have to do a personal challenge. And I remember walking to class and just seeing Blood Drive bus, like all these buses everywhere. And it was almost that they were like, like poking at me to like donate. And I didn't know what it was. I was like, this is crazy. Like usually you'll see like one or two buses, but like, they were everywhere and mm-hmm. I'm like what is going on and I found out it was this annual blood drive between Clemson University and us and I decided I was like all right I'm tired of like living in this fear like donating blood was like my biggest fear and I like came from the doctor's office I hated it I, I could deal with a shot but there was something about like getting your blood drawn that I just I was so queasy about mm-hmm. and I finally decided to do it and it was a very awesome experience not only because like I was able to save lives but like getting over that fear of mine um, just brought me so much joy and I actually ended up being O negative blood type which is the universal donor so like to this day I've donated over 12 times Um, and that's something where like I don't even think about getting that needle on my arm anymore because like that exposure like I was talking to uh, talking about earlier but when I donated, I was like, I need to get involved with this organization. It, uh, one, it kind of started as like, it'd be good to put on like my med school application. Mm-hmm. But I think what really got me super involved with it was that feeling of overcoming that fear and knowing that so many kids on campus share that fear of donating blood. Right. And if I can For like, sure. if I can tell people like, if I can do it, like I'm telling you, you can, it's super easy. Mm-hmm. So I got involved with the committee the next year of planning it. And then I was vice president, and then now I'm currently the president. So mm-hmm. it's been hectic for sure, especially with, like, these next couple weeks because there's only two and a half weeks to the actual blood drive. 
Um, so it's been super hectic in that aspect, but it's been a great learning experience for sure. Do you think based off your planning, we're going to do a little better than we did last year? For sure. I mean, we have, so this year we're doing hoodies and some long sleeve garnet shirts, which we've never had any, we've had long sleeve shirts in the past, but. For with, just donating, you get one. Yeah. So is? the first 200 people, that sign, the first 200 donors get hoodies and then everyone else after that gets a long sleeve garnet shirt, which is awesome. And then so far as a committee, we've raised over triple what we have in the past. Okay. And cool. so that money will go towards raffle prizes and then food. So hopefully we can get some like good food at the event mm. that will entice some people to donate. So, so is this going to be like, are there just different booths across campus for like the course of a week or like, how does this work? So at Russell House, the ballroom will be open every day from 10 to 7. And then we'll have buses that will float around campus. Um, and those locations will be posted on flyers and in the next couple of weeks, those fires should be popping up like everywhere. So hopefully everyone can see them, um, get out and donate. But yeah, there'll be buses around campus and with like booths to like go up and sign up to do it. Mm. Um, so you just like sign up and then do you have a scheduled time or do you just like stand and like wait? So we do walk-ins and appointments. Appointments is something I tried to push this year. So mm. we've always had appointments, but essentially the appointment was like, if you have an appointment, you get to go sit in line ahead of the guy with a walk-in. So I'm like, that doesn't really make sense. Like, the chances of two kids walking in at the same exact time, like, that's, like, kind of rare, too. Like, say they do, what's that kid with the appointment saving? What, a, a minute? Like, the, you, the other dude just gets to sit in front of him. Mm. So I'm like, we need a way to, like, do a rapid, like, fast pass. Or, like, you schedule an appointment for 3 o'clock, you donate at 3 o'clock. Yeah, obviously, you might, you're probably going to have to wait a little bit. That's just, like, how things go. But you're not going to – you're going to be able to schedule an appointment and your time of waiting will be greatly reduced. Mm. Um, and so we have – if you go on the Red Cross website, um, you can schedule your appointment. And then with our flyers, we'll have QR codes where you can just put your phone up and scan and uh, schedule an appointment. Okay, cool. So, so if people are, like, anemic or if they've traveled and stuff like that out of the country, like, I know you're not, like, allowed to donate blood, how do people get involved anyways if they want to help out? So we always – are looking for people to work for the committee and volunteer currently we I think we're pretty staffed with volunteers mm -hmm. but we're always open to more help so if you can't donate and you want to volunteer I'd say just like reach out to um, me or the vice president Rachel and we can we'll find work for you just because it's such a hectic week mm -hmm. and there's so many things going on at once I'm sure we'll be able to find time but in that case like next year I definitely reach out and try to get involved with the committee because there's just so much work that goes behind this event that people don't even realize. Mm. I feel like people don't even think that it's a actual organization and they think it's an event, but really like we work on this event for over like every, like a month after the blood drive ends, we already are working on it for the next year. And mm. there's just so much that goes on behind scenes that we need as much help as we can get. So does all of this blood go to the like American Red Cross? Yes, okay. it does. And then that, I don't know where they distribute it. I was going to ask that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I got it. happens to the blood? I got a letter in the mail, which is pretty cool. And it said I, my blood went to like a cancer patient at some hospital in Georgia. Okay, cool. And that was a pretty cool feeling. So I've gotten that. And then one, it was like your blood went to someone in Charlotte. So I think that they, obviously it's like pretty regional, mm -hmm. but I don't know exactly how they work with that. So if they use it or, like, utilize it towards a patient and helping them, they, like, send you a letter? Yes. That's so cool. At least I've gotten letters in the past. Okay. That's really so, cool. So, yeah, it's a really, it's a really cool feeling because you actually, yeah, you donate and you know you're saving lives, but it's kind of like 
when you actually get that letter saying that you're helping, like you physically helped a cancer patient mm-hmm. at a specific hospital, you actually know like, all right, your blood's physically being used. And that's like an awesome feeling. Did you show your mom the letter? Yeah, I saw it. I think she opened it first. Really? I was like, that's cool. <laughs> Is it framed somewhere in your house now? No, it's in the trash. Is it really? <laughs> it wasn't that special. Oh, no. Is there anything else you want to add about the blood drive? No, I mean, I, I really hope that we can win and beat Clemson this year and get as many donors as possible. Mm-hmm. How are you guys, like, expanding outreach this year? We've, I think, as, like, I've taken leadership, I've kind of noticed that this organization is not on a down decline but I think that there's been a very like a lack of um I can't think of it like a what's that word I don't know there's like I can't think of the word there was just like a very blurry transition of power from the years before to like this year and I don't think Many people in exec knew exactly what their job was, mm-hmm. including myself. Um, and I think that we're, our organization is kind of a bunch of people that are involved in so many different organizations. We have someone on the equestrian team. We have someone that's like, we have people in Greek life um, and different activities, mm-hmm. pre- like fraternities. Um, and I think that way we are able to not only reach out to those different facets of campus, but we kind of have a unique mindset that comes together and we've kind of like rebuilt this organization and we've gotten it kind of back on its heels and, and running strong. So I'm hoping like that in the future, it just continues to increase. So we'll see. Yeah. See where it goes. You yeah. think we have a shot this year? I, I do just cause we have the home team advantage too. So mm. when it's at USC, then the winner is based on pints of blood. Whereas if it's at Clemson, it's based on percentage of blood just because Clemson has less students. Mm-hmm. Um, so we obviously have the advantage because we have more students here. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year we lost on percentage and pints. So we really sucked it was, last yeah, it was, it, was, it was a bad year <laughs> last year. But I'm pretty confident in this year. And I know that we've done everything we can. We've, we've raised the money. Um, we've provided the incentives. We've mm-hmm. pretty much worked with the Red Cross the best way we can. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter about who wins. It's kind of just like if we can get people to donate blood, that's really all that we're here for. Mm. Tune in next week for another episode. This episode was sponsored by The Corner Blend, a locally owned and operated shop at the corner of Main and Blossom Streets that offers acai bowls, smoothie bowls, locally roasted Indo coffee, bubble tea, smoothies, and more.